Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. There we go. <laughs> it's always a little bit different on Zoom. It's, a, it's got For a sure. like half second delay. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a delay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're coming to you live from our podcast studio here in San Diego, but our guest is up Northern California, up there by San, uh, Sacramento. Um, yes, outside of Sacramento. Right outside of Sacramento. So before we get started with the show, make sure we remind you guys we want 365 pairs of shoes that we're looking to uh, raise to donate to the homeless. So if you have a gently pair used, uh, gently used pair of shoes. I always trip up on those words. Funny because it's shoes, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, if you have a gently used pair of shoes, hit up James at csfirst.com or 619-884-0045 and he'll hop on his Harley, go over there and pick up those bad boys, except maybe all the way in NorCal. If you're all the way in NorCal, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. If you're all the way in NorCal, drop them off at my office and I'll donate them on your guys' behalf. Perfect. Woo-hoo. That'll do. That'll do. Cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't know if she has a Harley, by the way. So uh, <laughs> I can I, guarantee you. I don't. My husband had a Harley, but he sold it a couple of years ago. So there you go. There you go. All right, Ham, you ready to do the intro? I am ready. All right. Welcome, everybody. Thank you all for joining us on this beautiful, what is it, Wednesday today? Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. We are excited, as always, to have a wonderful guest on our show, Miss Marguerite Crespio. Uh, fellow exp agents so i'm sure that that's going to come up today oh yeah we're definitely <laughs> talking about that Our awesome sir. well welcome marguerite thank you for joining us today we're excited to have you on the show thank you i'm super excited to be on your show today yeah i'm up here in northern california and um you guys are seeing my lovely uh super professional sound booth aka <laughs> closet <laughs> that my boys have made but hey it works so i'm here i'm happy to be here Totally works. Totally works. I mean, if you if you were live in our studio, uh, for those of you who don't know, it, it our studio is in our in at my house. So I have a really great view of downtown, all that stuff. But to get to the studio, you kind of have to walk through my master bedroom. So you, get to see, you know, <laughs> so you're in the closet too. <laughs> it's not quite a closet. It was a room we just converted into an office, and then uh, it was an afterthought of doing. Oh, hey, we should do a podcast. Well, I already have an office. I just didn't expect people to be coming back here to it. <laughs> But it's been that way, you know, we're, uh, I think you're going to be episode 218. So we've had a lot of people walk through that bedroom and I figure, I figure a lot of them are realtors, so they're okay with it. They've seen a bathroom yeah. or two. <laughs> so yeah. cool. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, uh, about your background, how long you've been in real estate, what you've been up to these days. So it was official in December. I've been 25 years in real estate. I've had my license for 25 years. I know it makes me feel old amongst all you youngins, but uh, I've been at it for a while and I could not be more blessed than I am. It's been quite, quite a, a wild ride for me. I've been through just about every market you can imagine, right? I've been mm-hmm. through the 
the good times and the really, really bad times. And I've been able to survive luckily by the grace of God. But uh, yes, I've been in real estate 25 years and, and I can't imagine what else I would be doing. Oh, 25 years. So you've gone through uh, a couple of recessions, the um, major recession that we've had in 2009 and uh, probably the next one that we're due for that we're a little overdue for. Uh, that's well, let's, not, right. let's keep our fingers crossed. That it's yes, not for sure. A, for sure. A big one, right? Hopefully it's not a big one, but it is cyclical. We do go through phases. And so we're, we're due for some change here. Um, what would you recommend to agents that have never been through a cycle? All they've known is the good times. I mean, most agents, you know, are never more than four years old. Some of them have, you know, gone a little bit longer uh, distance wise, but usually they're about two years and they're done. So some of the ones that are in their fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh year who've never experienced a downturn, what kind of advice would you give them uh, as things start to progressively change? You know, I would probably say a few different things. Number one, I would say, pay close attention to the statistics in your market. You know, make sure you actually know what's going on. Watch stats like short sales and foreclosures and days on market and lots of price reductions. And pay really close attention to those, those statistics so that you can actually see what is going on. I mean, that was probably the greatest lesson I learned in the last go round because I did a ton of broker price opinions or BPOs as we call them and we used to have to run statistics every day. And every day when we would look at those statistics, we could see the market going, right? Where everyone else was, oh, it's just cyclical. It's just uh, seasonal. It's just, you know, it'll come back in the spring. And we're watching these numbers. And the truth is numbers do not lie. They tell you the truth. And so everybody else can blow smoke and try to, you know, say, oh, no, it's this or that. But the numbers do not lie to you. So pay attention to the numbers. And the most valuable thing that you own is your database. It is the most valuable thing you own. It's literally worth millions and millions and millions of dollars if you handle it right. And what I mean by handling it right, it means stay stay in contact with them, right? Pay close attention to the people that know you, like you, and trust you because they're going to be looking to you for advice on things like what is going on with their house, what's going on with the market. And if the market goes bad, they're looking to you to help them out. And if the market goes good, they're going to be looking to you to help them out. So I think so many people just ran scared in the last go around. And for those of us who survived, we just hunkered down. We paid off our bills. You know, we didn't mortgage our houses to the max like everybody else. And, you know, we paid really close attention to the numbers and we kept hustling. There was always a way to do business somewhere, whether it's traditional, whether it's short sales, whether it's REO. I mean, I remember when BPOs first came out and people are like, I'm not going to do that for 50 bucks. I was like, girl, that's milk money for my kids. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll do it for 50 bucks when the market is tough. So you that would be the advice I would give. I like that you brought up BPOs because that's not something that a lot of people do right now or understand how it works. You know, uh, doing a broker by price opinion, you, you, you mentioned the cost. It's about 50 bucks. The cool thing about those types of things is you usually don't split them with their broker. It's, it's a, it's a fee based thing. You get paid direct the $50 from these different organizations. Plus it lets you know that there's some sort of issue going on with that particular home that you're doing a BPO order for. It could be a default. It could be a refi. It could be a number of different things, but as you're watching and tracking the BPO numbers, the number of orders that come in is an indicator of what's going on in the market. The, the fact that, you know, they're willing to pay for rush orders could be an indicator that there's something going on in the market. And not just that, 
they're, they're honestly just glorified CMAs, right? I mean, that, that's what you're doing. So you're getting market knowledge at the same time. And to put the cherry on top, it can really open the door for doing REOs as the market shifts. What's been your you know, experience you with that? that? That when I got, when I started doing BPOs, I'd already been in real estate like 15 years. And I thought I knew a lot, you know, I mean, I thought I understood the market and I thought I understood how to do CMAs and, and how to value properties. When I started doing BPOs, whole new ball game. I had never looked at statistics before then. And now it's like something I look at every couple days. I look at the stats and see what's going on in a particular neighborhood, how many houses are selling, how many are pending, how many have been taken off the market, canceled, withdrawn, expired. It's just data, and that data is so valuable. So if you are not doing BPOs, that's okay. You don't have to do them, but at a minimum, you should be running the statistics in your particular market. Right, and, and, and not just that. You become a true expert in whatever farm area that you're working on. If you, you don't have to do BPOs in a bunch of different areas. You can do them in the farming markets that you want. You set those things up with the BPO companies themselves. You tell them exactly where you want to do uh, BPO work for. So it really, you really, really do get to know your, your area. You really know how, what properties have sold, what they look like. Do they have a pool? What's their square footage? You become a true S expert in your community, which gives you the, uh, I don't know, the, the knowledge, knowledge base and the ability to go 25 years in the industry because you truly are an expert. Yeah, agreed. I was going to say that's one of those things where you uh, work to learn more than you work to earn. Yeah, well, okay, so yes, work to earn, or work to learn, but you also earn. I mean, if you think of your business, your real estate practice as a true business, then it's a matter of cash flow, right? How much do well, you up, on, a, on a monthly basis? I will tell you that when I was doing BPOs, when I first started doing them, we quickly figured out that we needed to systematize it because mm -hmm. that was the majority of our income during, for a, a, about a year, that was the majority of our income was BPOs. So we learned how to systematize it to where we were doing 400 BPOs a month, wow. you know, and bringing in 20 and $30,000. And that was feeding, you know, my photographers and feeding inspectors and feeding, you know, my data input people so that we could all survive during those difficult times. So you know, my advice is pay close attention. There's opportunity everywhere, but sometimes it's disguised in the recession type of environment or disguised in an area that you haven't looked before. Because prior to that, I had never done BPOs. I'd never done REOs. In fact, how I even got into REOs was a friend of mine said, hey, he worked for a bank. He said, hey, they're asking me for some top producers in the area to put on this list for REOs. And I was like, well, what's an REO? He <laughs> said, well, give me your information. And I dragged my feet. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Finally, like a month later, I filled out the paperwork. And the next day I received five assets. It was insane. I was like, oh, wow. That was the quickest I've okay, ever had some listings. <laughs> it was the quickest I'd ever had to listings. And then we had to figure it out because it was a whole new ball game. It wasn't anything like going and seeing Mr. and Mrs. Smith and them talking about how they love their chandelier. It was, you know, these people were losing their home and it was difficult. I don't lie. It was really, really difficult. And, you know, my advice for people this go around is just really pay attention because people need you. They need your knowledge and your expertise. And if you've gotten lucky during the last few years to be handed business and it's been easy for you, I encourage you to right now get out there and learn the basics. Learn, you know, what you need to do to get business every day. Network like crazy. Learn how to call, you know, expired or for sale by owners or door knock or there's a million ways to get business now. 
Absolutely. There are people that survive any kind of market and you have to be willing to do the work. And if you've been blessed the last few years to not have to work that hard, you're going to be in for a, a big shock. Yeah, that's going to be a scary time. So let me, let me ask you, 25 years in the business, top producing agent, this new brokerage model comes in. How, how do you make the decision to transfer over to eXp? What was the, what was the things that, that uh, pushed you in that direction to make the move? I'm sorry, can you cut out when you said that? Could you repeat it? Yeah, yeah. So what, after 25 years of being in real estate, what, uh, what prompted you to make the move to eXp? Well, you know, it's kind of a crazy story, to be honest with you. So when I first got into real estate, I initially got into do loans. My husband was in the mortgage business and uh, refi mania came around because interest rates had dropped to an all-time low of 8%. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And we never thought they were going to get any lower. So I did loans for about a year and we had kids at home and, and I just, I ended up not liking the loan side. So I got into the real estate side and I went to work for a guy who was an REO broker at the time and his phone would ring like crazy. And I I'd answer his phones. This was back before, you know, we had all the cell phones and computers like we do now. And it'd be people who want to see houses. And I'd say, Luigi, they want to see houses. He'd be like, okay, go show them houses. And I'd drive out there to show houses. I'd come back. I'd like, Luigi, they want to write offers. He'd like, write offers. I'd be like, okay. So I literally got thrown into the deep end of the ocean and I sold 18 houses in my first six months. So I thought, okay, well, I like the real estate gig. And like many people that are quickly successful, young and maybe not so smart, I decided to open my own brokerage. I thought, well, I'll make more money if I open my own brokerage. <laughs> of course. So January of 96, we opened our own brokerage, literally in the closet of our home, kind of like you, and <laughs> uh, started Realty First. And for the next 15 years or so, we operated as an independent brokerage. And I could get a few agents, lose a few, get a few, lose a few. It's tough to compete as an independent. And then in 2009, during the market crash, we decided to buy a franchise because we thought, okay, well, once REOs go away, what will we do? Because I'm always trying to forward think, right? Mm -hmm. So we ended up buying a franchise and we ran that franchise for about five years and we built it to 120 agents. And this was all during the REO crisis. Well, then I started thinking, okay, well, now that uh, the REOs are going away, what do we want to do with this brokerage? And when we really sat down and looked closely at the numbers and we pulled my personal production out of that brokerage, it wasn't making sense. In fact, the company was hemorrhaging. We were losing so much money on a regular basis because I was the biggest producer in the company. I mean, we had another 119 agents, but not a lot of agents produce a lot. Mm -hmm. So we decided at the end of 2014, that we wanted to get out of the franchise and we wanted to make things much simpler. So we got out of the franchise in January of 2015, went back to being independent and about 20 of our agents said they would stay with us. The rest scattered to other companies. And the, um, is that my internet there? Everything okay? okay. Yeah, you're okay. I can hear you. Um, and so, and so we went back to being an independent brokerage and I swore I would never go to work for anybody else. I got recruited by everybody. I got flown to Texas. I got talked to you by, you know, Remax and Keller Williams and I got talked to by everybody. And I said, you know what? I love you all. You all are great companies, but I'm not interested in joining another company. And I had zero interest. Uh -oh. my, my good friend, what? 
Oh, I lost you for a second there. You had zero interest. Zero interest in joining another brokerage. And, you know, because, I mean, truth be told, a lot of them were reliant on their brand. And to me, brand really only matters when you have nothing else, right? When you're a new or newer agent. Um, I had my own brand. People knew who I was. I had a database worth millions of dollars. So October of 2016, my good friend Brent Gove, who lives here in my area, called me up and he said, Marguerite, I've left KW. And I'd love to get your opinion about this new company. I said, Brent, I love you. I wish you the best. I'm not interested. I'm not going anywhere. He goes, well, you just have lunch with me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a call. How do you say no to Brent? Brent's been on the podcast too, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I said, nothing. So he, on Tuesday, he calls me. He says, Hey, you want to have lunch? I'm like, well, where are you? He goes, I'm across the street. That's how you Brent. Brent hunted me down, right? So I went to have lunch with him and spent the whole hour talking to him. He didn't even talk about EXP. I'm like, what is the deal with this EXP, Brent? He goes, can you come to my office tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. and watch a webinar? And I was like, 8 a.m.? He goes, yeah, bring Joe, bring your husband. I'm like, all right. And if you've ever been around Brent, he's infectious, right? Oh, yeah. I said, all right, Brent. So we went to his office the next morning. And I do have to say, I sat down and watched the webinar with him. And about 10 minutes in, I said, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but we're seriously interested. I'm seriously interested. And we finished watching the webinar. We went home. Joe and I sat down and talked. We stayed up all night long, all night long talking, trying to figure it out. Because, you know, we'd already shut down one company. We'd already gone. Like, how are we going to go tell our agents again? You know, we're switching. They're going to leave. But we finally at the end decided that it, we had to make the best decision for us. And um, I tell you, we decided to join EXP in November of 2016, and I've never looked back. It's been the best decision we've made, I've made, and we've made in my 25-year career. Uh, you know, the ability to have uh, an additional income, the ability to earn some stock and some ownership interest in a company on top of the cloud environment is amazing. I mean, the first time I got on, my sons were behind me. They're like, mom, what's that you're doing? They're like showing me how to do everything. <laughs> yeah. like, Use the arrow keys, mom. And I'm walking into walls and stuff. But, um, I just think that it's truly the way of the future. Absolutely. And, you know, just the ability to be able to go into the auditorium in the cloud and sit there with five, 600 people. I mean, when I joined two and a half years ago, there were only, uh, 1,400 agents with the company. And it was impressive then, you know, we'd go in and there'd be about 100 of us in the auditorium. Well, now to go in there and see it crash sometimes because there's five, six, 700 people, 18,000 agents in this company nationwide. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. And I can't imagine that there's anything out there that competes with it. It's one of those things like uh, the, the, the way you describe the way your husband and, and yourself went home and, and talked about it for hours and hours. When you see it, you can't unsee it, right? Yeah. When, it, 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 when I talk to agents about it, once I saw it, I was like, I have to mention it. Every time I talk to a new agent that comes on the show, you don't really see it on the show because I'm not, I'm not that kind of, you know, I, I don't want to pressure it like that. But I do talk to them about it because I want them to know what it actually is. I don't want them to have this opinion of what they think it is. I need you to see it and then make an informed decision. And it's, yeah. <clears throat> it makes all the difference in the world because when you see the opportunity, when it opens your eyes, you're like, holy crap, I didn't know that's what it was. Well, and you know, so I want to give you a scenario that happened uh, last summer. Uh, it was August last summer, and I was headed to Vegas for an EXP event. And I had the famous situation where I had three deals in a row, buyer, seller, buyer, right? 
all mm-hmm. contingent bills. $40,000 in commissions. Very nice payday. I was looking forward to that payday, right? And I land in Vegas to go out and have some fun at this event. And I get that fateful call that says buyer number one is backing out. Ouch. Basically three deals that I've worked months for $40,000 in commissions wiped out in a matter of seconds. Well, the good news same day happened to be the 22nd of the month, which for all of us EXP people is revenue share day. And that day I logged into my account and $13,000 was logged into my account that day, which gave me some room to breathe. I mean, the real estate industry as a whole, we look like we're making a bazillion dollars and we all got it all that in a bag of chips. But many of us, oh, we're the number one in IRS. Many of us have been living off of debt the last few months until a deal closes. We only get paid on results. We don't get paid for time. So we can put months and months and months, years even in, of work into somebody and not get paid, right? And to be able to have that additional source of income, just take a little bit of that pressure off is like nothing I've seen before. And then on top of that, to be able to earn stock. I mean, when we shut down our company and during the last crisis, we got wiped out. I mean, lost retirement, lost, you know, rental properties. I mean, we were just like everybody else, lost everything. And to be able to earn stock now where I've been able to earn over the last couple of years, about 17, 18,000 shares of stock. That's a great start to a great retirement plan that I never, ever imagined. And if you look at it, in order to make, in order to live, uh, or let's see, how does it work? In order to make $10,000 a month to live on if you don't work, you have to have $2.4 million in savings in the bank. Mm-hmm. Or... And that's 2.4 million, by the way, that you earn after your split, after you pay the taxes on it, that's commission after your expenses that you have to put away. So it's not 2.4 million in just gross commissions. This is 2.4 after all expenses. Exactly. And that, and and in order to get that, you have to have 2.4 million or you can have residual income, right? Where we all support each other. We have a vested interest in each other's success. And instead of that little piece of the pie going to your broker, that little piece of the pie is going to us for supporting and building and encouraging this company. So I could have either 100 agents over a period of time in different levels, different states, different parts across the country, earning me $10,000 a month, or I could try to save $2.4 million, which I will probably lose in the next market downturn. Right. So there's not been anything like it that I've seen. I mean, you couldn't have put it better. <laughs> I, I love talking to people who've been in, in EXP for a while who have those sorts of stories because it's it's much more difficult to explain when you're getting started. I just started with EXP in October. I wish I would have started a long time ago. But, you know, to get to that point, I mean, it's it's definitely a long-term game. You used to be a broker, so you would have to deal with things like fear of litigation, right? You would have to deal with making sure that your agents are com- are 100% compliant. You do none of that. Oh, my goodness. Like, I mean, the truth is, is when we had a brokerage of 120 agents, we ran a brokerage, which a lot of agents want to do. They all want to be able to leverage their time, right? So the way to do that is to have people work for you that help with it. So we did that. We followed the American dream and opened a brokerage. 120 agents are overhead. We had 8,000 square feet, three offices, $100,000 a month. 
in expenses to run that brokerage for 120 agents. I mean, you're paying for everything. You're paying $25,000 a year for errors and emissions insurance and business insurance and, you know, everything you can imagine and water coolers for agents to stand around and, you know, all these marketing things and big offices and huge, huge overhead. Or I could build those same 120 agents, support and encourage them, work in a cloud-based environment with no expenses. <laughs> I mean, it's a no-brainer. If you <laughs> own an independent brokerage, I swear to you, call me, call them, call anybody at this with the EXP. If you own an independent brokerage, you cannot survive, especially if you take your production out of the equation. If you own an independent brokerage, just do that simple test. Sit down, look at all your numbers. If you're not looking at your numbers, you shouldn't be in the brokerage business, number one. Number two, if you own a brokerage, look at your numbers and then pull your personal production out of the equation and see if that company can still run without you. If not, what you're doing is you're paying, you get to pay to work at your own company. You get to pay for your job. You get to pay yeah. for your job. So let me ask you based on that model, um, not that you ever want to get out of real estate because I'm sure you have acquired a mass amount of friendships that you're going to continue to help. You know, that's your COI, right? They're your friends now. But if you ever wanted to leave, can you see yourself exiting financially? Uh, not without EXP, no. I mean, at some point, yes, I could. With EXP now and being able to earn revenue share and stock, yeah, I can see, I can see, um, an exit plan. I can see a way to, to, to be able to support myself and support my family and build a retirement. If I did not have EXP, no, I'd be trying to collect social security at 65 years old and figuring out how I can avoid being homeless. Um, you know, with this, I have the ability to help and support people and encourage them and build legacy in them, build income that can be passed on to my family and be able to help and support uh, the people that I care about. I can't imagine doing that otherwise. I mean, Brad, have you had Brad Anderson on your show? I have not. You need to have him on your show because he's really got the American dream. I mean, Brad Anderson is the uh, director of education for EXP. And when he joined EXP, he joined it, I think six or seven years ago. And part of his compensation package was stock. And when he first got his stock, it was at like 20 cents, right? And everyone was teasing him. Oh, you know, penny stock. Just last fall, he was able to cash in enough stock to buy his dream home for his wife in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Yeah. Well, I mean, last I checked, the stock was over $10 a share, right? And so, I mean, you mentioned your stock portfolio. There is no other brokerage, none. I mean, even if he was down to 10 shares, there's no other brokerage that would give you the 10 shares. Exactly. Much less the shares that you get uh, when you close your first deal every year, when one of your, you know, people that you attract closes a deal every year, when you cap, when you hit your cap every year, when you become a legacy every year, like there's just so many different ways that the company rewards you for being successful and for bringing people on to help them be successful. It's, it's honestly a no brainer. I mean, what other company actually gives you contribution for, I mean, compensation for contribution, right? They compensate you for contributing to the growth of the company. And the way that we contribute to the company is just like you would anywhere else. If you love it, you share it. Mm -hmm. You know, I run into you on the street and you're working in another company. You're like, hey, where do you work? I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to come check out EXP. If you come check out EXP, guess what? I become your sponsor and I get compensation for contributing to the growth of the company. And I have a vested interest in your success. I'm here to make sure that you're successful and help you with everybody that's in our success ladder all the way up and down. 
Yep. Yep. And there's, I mean, if you're new and you don't know what to do, there's training every single day, hours and hours of training that you can sit in and learn. There's people that you can talk to, like reach out and sit at a, you know, you you might have virtual coffee, but you can literally sit down and talk to people where get questions answered. Every single bit that every other brokerage has and more is accessible in EXP on top of the revenue ways, the ways that we can earn revenue, which is amazing. Well, honestly, think about this. If you are a newer, newer agent and you're, you have joined a local brokerage that's a bricks and mortar location, you can go in there and probably once a week they have a uh, office meeting where they have somebody come in and train on something, right? If you want to learn from the big trainers, you got to pay airfare, hotel, all of that to go meet people like some of the big trainers or with EXP. I know one thing that we're now doing, we're now actually starting in this next month doing NAR designations in EXP world. Because you can do it. Because we can do it. So you don't necessarily have to fly to all these places where you can get world-class training from the top coaches and trainers all around the world right here in the comfort of your home. Like I've never seen anything like it in my 25 years in the business. Or from your closet. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's definitely one of those amazing opportunities that we just, like I said, once you saw it, you couldn't unsee it. So I, yeah. I, I just want to say thank you for you know coming on our show and and sharing the experience, um, going through our little uh, cycles of figuring out this Zoom Facebook Live, but we did it. Right? We did it. We did it. We did it. And for sharing the uh, the BPO experience because I think those two things, you know, understanding how you can earn revenue. Uh, when you're first getting started or, and at the same time, educating yourself, whether it is through BPOs or whether it is through the brokerage that you choose, I think is vital for any new agent. And let's face it, the majority of the agents that are coming into the industry are new. And if we can teach them how to be successful, if we can give them, you know, give them a little bit of a guide guidance, and then also show them the light at the end of the tunnel, that there is an exit strategy, that there is a way out. I think it it speaks volumes. It's something that every new agent should hear right off the bat. You know, one of my favorite people is a gal named Marie Forleo and her famous quote is everything is figure outable, right? (laughs) Figure outable. outable. You can figure it out, right? I had kids to feed. I had to figure it out. And that's where you have to really pay attention because there, like I said, there's opportunity everywhere. You just have to be willing to look for it and be willing to go after it. Yeah. And make an informed decision. Always, I, that's one of the biggest things for me. I don't know if I told you, I teach high school in the morning. And so trying to teach 17-year-old kids to open their eyes to a new world, uh, they're about to find out because they graduate here in about a week. But wow. you know, but trying to get them to do those types of things is difficult. But it teaches me so much in trying to present things in a different way every single time that when, when I speak to an adult <laughs> who can be, <laughs> let's be honest, an adult can be just as hard-headed as a teenager. <laughs> From time to time, but I can, yeah, but I can present things in, in a bunch of different ways and hopefully, you know, open their eyes to a world they didn't see or a virtual world or a cloud-based world. (laughs) Before uh, the interview ends, what if someone was to refer to the stock options and revenue share as golden handcuffs? What would you say to that person? Um, go for it. Um, you know what? I think that I would say that every industry and every company has something similar, but not in such a positive way, right? Agents don't necessarily like change, even though our world is changing every single day. And what I love is that they have to be accountable. So, okay, we have golden handcuffs. That means that as a company, we have to make sure that people want to stay there because people won't just stay for the money. 
you know, they won't. They'll stay for a variety of reasons. If they're unhappy, they're going to find another way. So I don't necessarily believe that the revenue share and the stock are in any way golden handcuffs. I would leave tomorrow if I was miserable and felt like it was not a ethical, uh, you know, transparent company. I would leave. I would walk away. So I don't think that it's trapping anybody in that aspect. I think we all have a vested interest, and I've said this a few times, a vested interest in each other's success. And I've never seen that at another company. And, and earlier we were talking about, you know, the business of real estate and we've always said this ourselves, right? Our purpose in business is to be of service to others, but our business's purpose is to make a profit. And so this is one of those things where in, in my opinion, if you're truly building a brokerage and you're worried about agents leaving and, and they're leaving maybe because of one, two, three, four, five percent split difference, then you're basically giving away your golden handcuffs. Like this is the opportunity for you to bring people into, into something where they're going to stay. They're going to want to stay because it's feeding them. It's helping feed their families. Like it's truly helping give, give their real estate business a profit. So I don't look at it as a negative thing. I mean, you can always turn something on its head and try to make it look negative, but I don't know if there's any other brokerage, if, if, if any other brokerage was doing that, you'd be seeing a lot more, going towards multiple directions, but it's the other way around. People are leaving and coming here because, because the, everybody pays a split, but not everybody makes anything from those splits they pay. And here we do. I mean, we have the, the, I think one of the big things that I hear is everybody there is recruiting. They're not selling real estate. Well, that's far from true because I still sell real estate on a daily basis and I'm not interested in bringing on people who don't sell real estate. That wouldn't make no sense right? It would make zero sense. And if you start looking at our numbers, people just pay attention to numbers from the moment we got on this podcast. I I said that today, look at your numbers, look at your numbers, look at your company's numbers, look, and they will not lie to you. They will tell you how things are going. And when I joined this company two and a half years ago, the stock was at $2 a share. Now it's at 10, $11 a share. Okay. People go, well, what if the stock drops again? Well, I don't know. Has anybody checked Realogy's, Realogy's uh, stock lately down to like seven bucks a share? I mean, it, it, okay. It was a bonus. It's a bonus right. that I didn't have before and now I have it. Right. That's a, it's your cherry on top. I'm still going to have my cake because I'm still going to sell real estate. Yeah. But if they give me some whipped cream, cherries and sprinkles, I'm not going to say it. no, right? I'm not <laughs> going to say no. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, how about this? Uh, who did you who did you mention earlier that we we, sh- we should tag on the show? Um, uh, Brad Anderson. Brad Anderson. All right. Because normally at the end of the show, I ask our guests uh, who would be a good guest to have on the podcast. But you already said Brad Anderson. Unless you want to tag somebody else. Yeah. Cool. So so uh, what we'll do is I'll have you tag him on the on the feed, and then we can reach out and have him on the show because that'd be awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a great guy. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for being on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for taking time out of your day and sitting in the closet with me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'll have to get you on my podcast here soon. We got to get, you know, my podcast is called Real Estate Real World. I don't have 200 episodes. I have about 100. That's cool. We'll 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 catch up. Yes, definitely. I'd love to be on your show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are awesome. 
Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, quick reminder before we head out, 365 pairs of shoes. Hit up james at csfirst.com, 619-884-0045. Uh, um, and he also helps out with all your insurance needs. So if you want to add insurance into your business or you have clients that need any insurance help, James is there to help you out. And if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, 619-884-4915 is my number. Or uh, hit us up on our social medias at Business Break Pod. All right. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Thank Marguerite. You so much. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.